When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money, the movie edition. I'm Don McDonald along with Tom Cock. We are so, so, so glad you listened to our podcast. Thank you for doing that. We really, really appreciate you. Movies. We're going to talk about a movie, actually. The movie being Dumb Money, a movie that neither of us have seen yet. Why? <laughs> <I'll>... <laughs> Guy ain't going to pay. That's why. We're going to save our dumb money. Yeah, exactly. Well, we're just waiting for it to stream. It's, 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 you know, there are movies that you should watch on a big giant screen, like, you know, the Mission Impossible movie, which I didn't see. Out of but Africa. Out of Africa. Yeah, just that's a, a big, big screen. Yeah, that's a big exactly. screen movie. Bingo. Dumb Money is not a big screen movie, but it is a movie about a very important topic, and that is this stuff that passes for investing but is in fact dumb, dumb, da dumb, 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 da da dum, da da dum, dumb. It's just dumb. It's just dumb money. It's it, the name is correct. It's not investing. And what we're talking about is the GameStop frenzy. But it also was the AMC theaters frenzy, the Bed Bath and Beyond. Uh, Still got nonsense. some of those bonds. I'm hoping to cash in there. The so. Bed yeah. Bath and Beyond bonds. Yeah. They're going to give you me a certificate or you, something for them. Are you or cashing in the coupons? <laughs> exactly. Run those down there. Free <laughs> cup of something. Yeah. Okay. And in the opinion of a very smart professor or professors, th what they take about dumb money, they're saying retail investors are smart people who unfortunately behave in dumb, self-destructive ways, uh, overconfidence, financial ignorance, and a wealth reducing love of gambling. Right. I mean, it, they it go back and gambling. Talk about some other examples because those of us old enough to remember the crazy times of the late 90s where everybody was going to get rich on Internet and tech stocks, which they did for a very short period of time until pets.com and others went gone. Then, of course, there was a the covid. That's what this is really talking about. Covid-19 casinos closed up professional sports on hold. And guess what went crazy? Robin Hood and other places where people trading stocks commission free going nuts. And that was helped by stimulus checks, et cetera, money meme, in meme stocks. You know all this stuff, right? But why do we keep doing it over and over and over again? A couple of things that I think really are important. Number one, and this comes from straight from the academic world, trading is bad. Trading is bad. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, there, there's professors Brad Barber and Terrence Odian. They they did a study that found women investors did better than men. Why? Because men trade, trade more. Yeah, that yeah, men trade more. It turns out you end up with less money. There were some other. There's another study from Taiwan where people made far less uh, because they traded even more. Um, and then there's this sort of weird thing that we all. I guess we all. I don't have it. I don't think I have it. I guess you could say I have it because I've started small businesses and some worked and some didn't, but I don't feel the urge to take that risk with my money. To you hope just to this take, make more. 
Yeah. No, no. See, you're talking about a different thing. The other, the other evening when the, uh, the, the lotto thing, the power 1.2 billion or whatever one it was, billion, trillion or whatever. Yeah, my, okay. my wife yeah. was at the grocery store yeah. and she came back with six tickets, one for everybody, you know, all oh. the kids and us. And, and, and so we sat and That's watched nice. the numbers mm-hmm. and, and of all, we had, we got two, two numbers, right? Two out two. of how many? Out of like seventy five numbers on the thing, and I don't know two out of. But the, the, <laughs> You're bad, man. I'm not betting with no, you. No, but this is like I, I, t- I told her. I said, "This is why I don't buy these." I mean, what was the fun? What what fun did I get for that dollar? I got about twelve seconds of looking at numbers and going, "Oh, that didn't work." Was there any pleasure derived from it? And did I honestly think I would make money? If the answer to both is no. Why would you do it? And what was the amount that was in, invested? I'm using air quotes here. How much did, did she spend to the buy tickets? the ticket? $2 I or I don't know, I don't know what you paid so she spent for $12? Yeah. If you're a nicer guy than me, I, mean, I would have been outraged. It's like it's like the, the few times I've gone to casinos in Colorado or uh, Las Vegas. I don't yep. go to casinos very often. I do it when I'm on a vacation or something. The few times I go to a casino, I know I'm not going to win money. But I gamble to spend time talking to my wife or friends and drinking for free, basically. Or you, you you pay for your drinks with the money you're gambling. That's it. That's pleasure. But you're not going to make money from gambling. You j- How many times do you have to hear it? There's a couple other lessons, I think, out of, out of the GameStop craze slash movie, et cetera. This comes from Cliff Asnes, who's a guy that manages money similar to what we believe, pretty close. Um, he writes, don't always assume more and faster information leads to better results. Right. Now, what I mean, does I think, that mean? How, well, I think, think what that means is because everybody can get online now and learn about whatever stock or whatever company or whatever is going on in the financial markets that people feel like, well, I can trade on that. Uh, he writes, you, oceans you, of wait, I want to ask those people who think they can trade on that a question. Yeah. Are you the only one who, if it's on the internet, are you the only one who knows it? If it's on Reddit, then probably. Oceans of knowledge, he writes, can lead to an illusion of control and understanding that collectively makes us dumber. I think that's just absolutely spot on. Oh, we see it. that We're seeing it in every aspect of our lives right now. Well, don't go there. Uh, he also says, <laughs> we often correctly marvel at the wisdom of crowds. What's the wisdom of crowds? The wisdom of crowds is the the theory that with when... All of the information that is available is known by everybody who wants that information, that they'll tend to make very good decisions. And it's illustrated very, very aptly by the the, the counting the jelly bean. Ah, game. the old jelly bean thing. Yeah, you I have love a that jelly one. bean with hundreds and hundreds of different jelly, jelly, uh, jelly bean, bean jar, jar. Right, with yeah. hundreds of different jelly yep. beans in it. And then you ask the crowd how many there are now. The numbers are going to range. They're going to range all over the place. You know, you you have a jar with 500 jelly beans and you're going to get guesses from 100 to 1,000. But the funny thing is when you have all of these people making guesses, the number, if you add up all the numbers and then pull the average out, the average tends to be really, really close. It's shocking. To the actual number. But what he points out about that is this phenomenon is based on the crowd crowd's members being reasonably independent of each other in other words this is not crowd behavior so they're this isn't not one so leading they're the not way swaying people one way or another 
Yeah. So that there's not any uh, talking people into it. Like, hey, you got to go do right. this. It's right. not which an is, echo chamber of the same yep. information over and Bingo. over again, which, which again, we see regularly. Vaguely, never mind. Okay. So this, the <laughs> lesson from the movie still, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but again, picking stocks, trading markets, we know for individuals has not worked out well. That's why they call it dumb money. But then there was another example recently of a hedge fund guy that was really great for a while. And then, poof, it didn't work anymore, correct? Yeah, there's a guy by the name of Dan Loeb uh, who uh, had a fund, a very, very popular hedge fund that uh, had had just had stunning double-digit returns over and over and over and over again until they didn't. And in 2022, it dropped like 22%. And this year through August, it was down uh, 1.6%. Probably worse money, now. Yeah. Huh? The market, yeah since well, the market recently. I'm sure it's a lot mm, worse. Yeah. And the money is, people are trying to get their money out, but it's fascinating uh, with a hedge fund. One of the problems is it can be very hard to get your money out. You can only have a certain, you can only take a certain amount out and uh, you can't easily withdraw it. So you sometimes have to just sit and suffer. But what the point is, is that even a, an expert who appears to have a hot hand eventually turns ice cold. And the reason is more likely than anything else. And this, again, has been shown in academic research. Most of the winners out there are winners like the person who was going to eventually win the one point something billion dollar Powerball. They are purely lucky, lucky. That's it. You can't create luck. Luck, it just happens. And if you want to see a movie you think would be helpful around all of this, there's a movie called Tune Out the Noise. It's by a very it well-known. Yet? Well, it's hard to find. We're gonna we're going to have a showing of it at some point here soon. It's written it written and uh, shot by a guy named Earl Morris, very well-known documentarian. But what he documents is these academics starting at the university of Chicago going back 40 plus years that really changed the world of investing. They took out this sort of guessing this, wow, this is what the future has to look like. And instead looked back over long periods of time and said, this is how you should invest. And you've got to quit paying attention to all of the things that are going to come at you every day. I think that's one huge lesson. The other one that is hard for a lot of people, Don, when they look at their investments is, to accept market returns. Take what the stock market gives you. And people, they don't want to do that. They, I want to be above average in everything in my life. Why can't yeah, I be above you know, average with this? What people don't understand is that since 1926, at least according to Standard & Poor's, the S&P 500, the average is really good. Yeah. I mean, it's been close to 10% per year. Sorry, Dave Ramsey, not 12. Yeah, well. It's been mm. close to 10% per year on average. That Now think about that. With all those bad years thrown in there. The uh the the 70s, 87, yep. uh sure. I mean the Great Depression was in 2001. there. 2001. Uh 2001, 2008, Eight. all of those terrible Terror. periods yep. thrown in and yet if you just owned it over that entire period you would have doubled your money about every seven years. Tune out the noise. Don't pay attention to what's going on every day. You, you do just fine. That's hard for people to accept, but you definitely should. Well, and the thing that we forget, and these are some of the facts about all of this garbage. For example, the GameStop thing. 
it matter, the, the Roaring Kitty, the guy who was yep. doing all the trading, uh, I honestly, in, I think he should have gone to jail. Yeah, I, he was front running the, because the stock. He was yeah. literally front running mm-hmm. the market. He, and he's he admitted was, it. And I, last time I checked, that was supposed to be illegal. But uh, he he managed to run a few dollars up to millions. I think it was $20 million at one point. And the stock got up to, uh, and again, I'm, I have too many screens open. Yeah, the stock uh, was in the at the beginning of 2021. It was eighteen dollars. Um, by late January of the same year, late January, just a month later, it got up to four hundred eighty three dollars because he wow. was pumping it on Reddit. Yep. Two weeks later, folks, it dropped from four eighty three to fifty. And this is GameStop. Yeah. So what? And what's it to trading the, at today? Uh. Uh, well, Open after another stock screen. splits, it's worth about seventy. It's about seventy three dollars. And the, the fundamentals are basically the same. It hasn't increased revenues. It's not far more profitable, right? I mean, it's the same company. Yeah, think it about just this: got bid all up those people down. who bid it up from eighteen to four hundred eighty three, there were a whole slew of people who paid more than fifty. Sure, and there were some who paid four eighty three. That gets back to the title of the movie. Yeah, and they lost it all. You it's another can't reason win. not to stop not it, to, not to get on that treadmill. You can't win. You got to give this up. You really have to give up the thought that you know which stocks are going to be hot, that you can play the options market, that you have the gut feeling when the market's going to rise and fall. Because, folks, we love you to pieces, but you're just dumb about this stuff. You got time for a couple questions? Of course. That's okay. my favorite part. This comes from Joanne in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, the subject. Yeah, yeah, I know where Atlanta is. I was Georgia. trying to think if there wasn't. There's got to be another Atlanta somewhere. Yeah, Come but on. the big one's Georgia. All right. That's, okay. Uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. Subject, retirement cash bucket. How many years worth to hold and how? What? Oh, the cash bucket. The cash the emerg- bucket. That's the emergency. In my opinion, well, in retirement, the bucket changes. Can I make a Pre- little joke here? Yes. Less than half a million and don't keep it in your house. Is that okay? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too easy. Sorry. And don't keep it in gold bars. Yeah, gold bars are bad. No too. gold bars. Anyway. Um, anyway. Okay. No, no, now, pre-retirement, your cash bucket really should be just your emergency money. So you're Whether talking about like six months. Six months of expenses, okay. 12 All months right. of expenses, whatever you're comfortable with. Yep. In retirement, we think the cash bucket should be probably... Uh, about the next year's expenses or a little Something more. like that. Yeah. It depends on when you're withdrawing the money, how you're using it. Generally I wouldn't say any more than though, a year though, because I then you're maybe a little more make less. just for, for comfort, but not a lot more. No, because what, what our, what we think you should do is take out a set amount beginning of the year, yep. then put that in your spending pile. Now you know how to budget for the entire year. Love that. And, and you might want a little where? extra in case where? there are emergencies. And then that'll tell you, tell you where to, what, what, where, where, where to, to hold keep it? it. Yeah. Put it high not, yield not, savings, not, not in their coat pocket. <laughs> Sorry. I, you could use uh high yield savings yeah. along with three and six month CDs, three, six, sure. nine CDs. Good you point. could build a really short ladder that would work um, in any of those, but it should be kept in something that is very, very stable in its value and, and safe. 
This question comes from the Woodlands, Texas. It's Jim who writes. I, I previously do you. Where yeah. is that? Near Houston. Okay. Uh, I've previously heard you and others, Paul Merriman, talk mm-hmm. about the retiree's safe re- withdrawal rate, whether fixed or flexible. I'm familiar with Bengen's analysis mm-hmm. in support of an inflation-adjusted four percent, yeah. which I think yeah. we do in our classes, right? Don't we talk yeah. about? We talk about the inflation-adjusted four. Yes. Jim Clunan's investing at Level Three AAII book, advocating a mechanistic withdrawal strategy where one sells from bond cash holdings during stock market mm-hmm. declines yeah. and then mm-hmm. sells from equity holdings once the market sufficiently recovers. Sounds like rebalancing. It sounds like timing ways. too, a little. Yeah. Uh, I've been following his approach, a fixed three and a half percent since I retired two years ago. Are you aware of any analysis that tries to undermine what impact Clunan's approach would have on a safe withdrawal rate? Might it support a higher withdrawal rate since it helps dampen sequence risk? Thank you much for an informative podcast. But does it, in fact, dampen sequence risk because you're playing the game? What there are, There's no way to make that a disciplined approach because you're dealing with uh, that, that whole business of what is up and what is down. And it's all it, because it's all past tense. We don't still don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, there might be some, I've looked at it. I, I think that AAII, AAII has a nasty habit of overcomplicating everything. Well, they're selling things. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, I still I, think I just, we, I still believe in keeping it simple. Yeah. And we've looked at the numbers many times and we've looked and at see, other numbers yes, from other have, people and they but, complicate the process. Yeah. I mean, I still think a simple 4% fixed or 5% variable withdrawal strategy probably works can't guarantee I it honestly believe i read future. i read some papers on jim's book i did not read his book uh, i honestly believe that your return in the future and this is my opinion only but just based on the on the numbers i've not seen mine. in the past oh. that you're not likely to do a lot better or suffer a lot more with just using a straight 5% flexible or the four and inflation adjusted. I think they're going to come out in the wash pretty darn similar. And I personally love the 5% flexible because I, like Tom and many others, have lived a life of being flexible with our money. Had to. Had to. Some years are just great. Other years were just terrible. And what you did was you adjusted your spending to those changes. And, uh, and the other thing that to remember is that all retirees in the United States have a steady source of income that all. will not fluctuate the social security. Right. So everything was, we're adding on to it. So let's say you're living on $8,000 a month and 3000 of it is social security and 5,000 is coming out of your million dollar portfolio at 5% per year. And now your 5% drops down by 20%. Well, now you're down to... 180. uh, 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 $7,000. $7,000 a month. $7,000 a month instead of... Yeah, $780. Wow, that really hurt. That was (laughs) You're down to $7,000 a month instead of $8,000 a month. Now think about that for a minute. Are there things you can not buy... Yeah. I've got my hand up. Ah, uh, okay. But this always gets back to the place that we like to end because 
we get these questions like this. We get other questions. But at the end of the day, if you don't have a plan, which most people don't, then you're hodgepodge it. You're you're kind of swinging. You're swinging. You're, yep. you're start, so you're, yeah, get a plan. I mean, at the end of the and, day, and stop looking for the latest hot thing because eh, there is never uh, a latest hot thing. Somebody does the math a slightly different way, but it still comes out with about yeah, the same numbers you. at the end. Yeah, everybody, everybody's got a system, in those cases, system or a book to sell. So, yeah, get a little help. We do that. It's gratis. It's free. Uh, we do a lot of pro bono you work. You will be baffled by BS. Yeah, get, get, look at the plan. Look at your portfolio. You can go to TalkingRealMoney.com. Click on Meet an Advisor. Get Ooh, some help. He got it all right this yeah, time, ladies that? and gentlemen. How we about are that? so proud. This oh. is a big day for the podcast. <laughs> um, thank you. I want to thank you very, very much for listening. We do both appreciate it. I know a lot of you don't agree with us, or really a lot of you dislike me a lot. I don't know oh, what I did it. to offend you. But it's all coming up on the holiday season. They'll be nice to you for a couple of weeks. You think so they will? That, yeah. I think I so. I don't know. Anytime I mention insurance, crypto, gold, um, stock brokers. anything political. If I, I don't, I can't say political stuff no, anymore, even not. though I'm a very middle of the road, moderate yes, person, That's I true. still get accused of, I'm not, I'm I can not, attest I'm to not, that. Yeah, I'm not crazy either way. I don't want to go. I just like the middle. I love it. I love being in there's the middle. There's no word. There's no place for the middle in today's world. I'm sorry. I know, but I like being there. Sorry. I just want to hang out in my cozy little middle. Anyway, thank you all so much. Really, we do. Tom and I both appreciate you massively. And we hope you like what you hear enough to tell your friends. And we're going to do this again really soon. As a matter of fact, we even do it live on Saturdays on a radio station in Seattle. Northwest News Radio, and you can call us live on Saturdays at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255 from 3 to 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific. So do that, and we'll all hang out together, a happy little middle-of-the-road group talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?